we, we really, as a company, um, say testimonials are helpful, but that's not a story. One of my favorite of the eight elements of the story is that, you know, your company's a character in it. So of course you need to talk, tell stories about what the employee experience is like from the employees. And they have to be very specific about something that happened, but it also has to be what your company did to, to make an impact. In the words of 90s hip-hop star Mace, welcome back to the Talent Experience Podcast. Uh, Today we have a very special guest on with us. We have Lauren Sargent, co-founder and partner of Stories Incorporated. So without any further ado, I will bring her on. Welcome, Lauren. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, Absolutely. I know. And we have a, a great and exciting topic today. But before we jump into that, um, could you tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got started in HR, and also a little bit about Stories Incorporated? Sure. Uh, I'm Lauren Sargent. I'm a co-founder and partner at Stories, Inc., and I got started in HR when I accepted a job as a technical recruiter at a consulting company um, in 2004, so it's been a while. And I recruited for about eight years, and um, right before I quit story, uh, quit my company, the company I worked for to start Stories, Inc., I was a member of the HR team, and I got my master's in HRD and was doing some development work, um, organizational development work. So... Um, I really was into HR. I loved it. And then, um, you know, took this weird turn by quitting my job to start Stories, Inc. Um, and actually kind of an interesting story when I was um, recruiting um, for my, the last company I worked for. That's where I met my co-founder, Scott Thompson. So you really don't know, you know, who you're going to meet. Um, and, you know, as a recruiter, I, I knew how to tell the stories that mattered to candidates, but I didn't know how to amplify them. Um, and that's what Stories Inc. does. So we help companies uncover employee stories that candidates need to hear, whether, you know, so they can decide whether to apply or not, um, or to sign up for your talent community or not. You know, they can make the decision whether you're a good fit for them or not. And then we create content libraries from those stories. So recruiting and employer brand teams can build their networks over time with constant storytelling and content. So that's what that's we That's awesome. That is that is awesome, and it's it's funny to hear you loved HR so much you quit, you got out of it, and, <laughs> and started started working with, uh, with HR people in a, a different capacity. Yeah, um, and and speaking of the the working capacity, and I think almost everyone's talked to this at nausea to this point, um, but COVID, right, and the importance yeah. of telling candidate stories, uh, not only just in the office, but also now in this work from home environment. Um, how has your team adapted to COVID and remote work? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's been really interesting. Um, so, you know, Stories Inc., uh, you, our default uh, was to go into companies and interview employees to get great stories. And so that's something that we had done for years. And then when COVID hit, you know, no one's allowed to come into work. And we need to figure out how to take our on-site interview experience virtual um, because we still had clients that we needed to serve and they still had deadlines uh, even more so um, we'll probably talk about later, but even more so candidates are searching for insights. So there's even more of a need for the work that we do. Um, but we didn't want to, you know, just jump into this virtual experience, um, without thinking thoughtfully 
yeah, I can keep thoughtfully. Without being thoughtful about all the ways you know we provide value to employee branding and recruiting teams, and and so we wanted to be really thoughtful about how we made how we created something like a virtual experience. So we our team spent about a month um, or more gathering our own stories virtually and testing different equipment and different processes to make sure we could still provide a great experience for our employee storytellers and our clients, and that we could still like gather compelling and important stories. Um, so, you know, so we don't lose the substance, but also make sure that they're of good visual quality, because that's something that we've always really cared about, um, that it's not distracting, that it actually enhances the story. You're doing the story justice so that there's, you know, there's something else going on besides a talking head. So we um, launched this virtual process, which we call virtual story sessions to our current clients and we had a good response. So then we launched it to the market at large. So all of that to say, we were actually very busy during COVID, um, where you may have been thinking, oh, employer branding, content creators, you know, you must have had, you know, no, it was actually a pretty, you know, huge time for us within the first few months of the pandemic. And, you know, in terms of our team adapting to remote work, and, you know, we've always been really close. We work in D.C. We do have virtual team members, but there's a core group of us in D.C. And we work in one room anyway when we go into work. So um, we've always been close and, you know, but we've had to get even more comfortable and just go with it. So a few of us, myself included, were trying to, you know, homeschool kids while we built a new service. And then, you know, also trying to create resources on how to talk to candidates during COVID for, you know, for marketing and for, you know, just better serve, um, serve just the market large. And so it was, it was pretty messy. And, uh, you know, we all got used to seeing each other's kids and parents' basements and, you know, really learning to give each other grace in those moments. I mean, at least, you know, my team has really had to do that for me, which I really, really appreciate. Oh, that's, that's great. And busy is, is also great. That's, yeah, I'm happy right. to hear that. And I, I think back, or I couldn't help but think back to, to my experiences as a candidate um, throughout my professional career and hearing the stories from workers that are, are present or employees that are present at a company typically happened when I went in for the first interview, when I got to sit down and yeah. ask those questions. And prior to that, I never really had that opportunity. Fast forward to 2020, where the world has been flipped upside down. Um, that opportunity doesn't really happen anymore. So yeah. it's awesome to hear exactly what you are doing. And today, we are going to focus on stories and how they can be used all across the talent journey, um, not only from just engaging candidates, but also to enriching the employee experience as a whole. So great yeah. topic today. And with that, I will hand it over to Tom. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for this topic. I was an English uh, literature major uh, in college, and then I went on to get my master's in, in English. And then uh, someone told me that, you know, really the only profession suitable for me is, is to teach and I didn't want to be a teacher. Um, so the next <laughs> the next best profession was a marketer because marketers are typically storytellers, right? So yeah. um, I've always been drawn to stories. You know, my kids are drawn to stories. We like a good, we like a good film, a good movie, you know, that follows typical story patterns. And we're using this word really liberally in this conversation, stories, you know, and we're talking about stories as uh, this crucial component um, to engaging with candidates. But I want to get to the heart of why, like, why is this important? And, you know, maybe the best way to do that is just to start off by, you know, Lauren, why, why don't we define what a story is in the context of HR and employer branding? Like, yeah. what do we actually mean when we say story? Yeah, I mean, the, our perspective and there's data that shows this is that um, 
you know, candidates are searching for insight into what it's like to work somewhere. So when we define story, we think about the content that's the story, the stories that are that are most useful to candidates and what's actually going to grab their attention and remember you. So, you know, our world is employee stories, is <laughs> getting really great stories. So how do you even like define an, you know, an employee story? And we we really as a company um, say testimonials are helpful, but that's not a story. So there's really um, we we have like a few elements that we would say like this is what an employee story is. Um, so definitely one of my important my most important you know one of my favorite of the eight elements of the story is that you know your company's a character in it. So of course you need to talk, tell stories about what the employee experience is like from the employees and they have to be very specific about something that happened, but it also has to be what your company did to, to make an impact. And so that's really important for recruitment marketing, employer branding. It's really great to bring an employee story to life and to incorporate some of their personal life. Um, but you need to always make sure that there's, there's a, a company element there. Um, and so some of the other things that we say, you know, definitely has to give insight, has to be specific, has to inspire action. Um, so for example, you, you hear a story and you're either that's for me or it's not. And that's really helpful for everybody in the process. You know, this is a company that I want to work for or it's not, you know, I know who to refer. Um, and so that's like, that's what a good employee story does. Um, it paints a realistic picture. So it's not talking like future looking statements or things like I have great work life balance here. That doesn't really help candidates at all. It has to really paint a realistic picture of what life is like there. Um, we also think, you know, a story has to be personalized. It has to be, you know, that's what's most memorable for candidates is when they hear a story that has some kind of personal element to it. Um, and you really want to be memorable as, um, a recruitment marketer because candidates are, especially active seekers, are going to a million career sites and consuming all this content. And they're not going to, they're, they're inundated with so much, they're not going to remember unless there's, there's something that is a hook that's a personal story. Um, and also, you know, one of the things that we think is really important, you know, what we define an employee story in the context of recruitment marketing, employer branding, is that it brings these strategic statements to life. So we know a lot of TA and employer brand teams that spend all of this time on the um, research, like defining who you are and coming up with values and employee value propositions, which they're really important. But when you launch that into the market, like to candidates, they don't care that you have this cool tagline. The stories have to support you know, the important work you've done. Otherwise, it's not translated well to candidates. You know, for example, we worked with a company and they had done all of this really great work around promising futures. But if you just said, you can have a promising future here, like that means nothing. Um, so we were able to put stories together of like, you know, different career paths and different ways people were able to grow their career. So I'd say that's a long-winded way of saying we have eight elements of like us, uh, what an a, a employee story is for recruitment marketing, but ultimately it has to give insights into candidates. It has to be very specific so that candidates understand what your culture is like. Yeah, I'm glad you you threw a testimonial, the, yeah. the word testimonial in there as well. And you did a good job kind of contrasting what what how you define a story and how people might think of a testimonial. Because I'm sure there are a lot of people uh, who engage with, with you and, and your methodology who might go into it in the beginning thinking, you know, is this just a glorified testimonial? You know, or or is this um just a clever marketing speak way of saying, you know, you create testimonials and it's clear yeah. that you, you don't, right. You right. go a little bit deeper than the, the traditional testimonial. Um, 
I'm a huge fan of uh, Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've studied, like I studied that. <laughs> yeah, English, you, know, you so said, many... hey, you said, you set us up for this. English major, uh, like major, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I sure I sure did, right? And, and he's like, it's funny, he's like one of my heroes. Oh, cool. uh, my wife makes fun of me because uh, my hero is <laughs> Joseph Campbell. But, um, you know, he, he always says that, you know, you want to be, like, like he has the different character archetypes, right? So you have your hero who's on the journey, but then you also have the guide, right? So uh, you mentioned, you know, your company has to be in in the story somehow. Um, so, you know, typically from a marketing perspective, we're always thinking of positioning the company as the guide yeah. and having the customer be the hero. Do you feel the same way about the company and the candidate or the company and the employer, employee as well? I'm actually wondering, I, ha- I haven't thought deeply about it, but I'm actually wondering if you could switch around. You could definitely, sure. you know, you could, you could do it both ways is the hero being the company, which we don't want to make our companies not seem like they're perfect. Cause they're not, no, no company's right. perfect. Yeah, for sure. Um, but almost like the, the hero would be the employee as opposed to the candidate, I would think. Um, cause the candidate's picturing themselves as the employee. So like really supporting the employee story, um, yeah. and doing that justice. But I'm, I, it's a really, that's a really great question. And it's something I'll think more about. And maybe you could actually help us write a blog post about this. Like, that's a really interesting thought of like, who that would be a really the, cool thing to explore. Yeah. I'm sure you could take many different paths. Um, you yeah. know, maybe a future podcast episode. So if you're interested, <laughs> you're listening, uh, you know, have, have Lauren come back on and, and we'll, uh, have that conversation. Um, so you're, you're working with companies, you're, you're developing, uh, and you're, you're, you're basically unearthing, right? You're not mm-hmm. creating these from scratch. You're unearthing these stories and then you're helping companies create high quality content. What formats uh, or mediums does that content typically uh, look like? You know, blog posts, video testimonial or video uh, video content. You know, what, what are you exploring these days? All of it. So definitely blog posts for consideration phase and SEO and things like that. And just also having another medium for candidates. Videos, probably 60% of what we do, because nowadays there's so much you can do with it. You can tell short stories, you know, like 15 seconds or less on Instagram to grab attention. Or you can tell, especially now with just how things have evolved, tell a little bit more complex stories. So you're weaving in multiple um, perspectives in videos. So that's becoming more and more important. It's not just about one person's experience. It's about lots of different people to show that your culture is pervasive. Um, and then you can even focus it and like, what are you doing for, you know, for, um, diversity and inclusion? You can even tell focus stories through videos. You can definitely do that during, for, through any medium, but given what our channels are and the, and the, in the places the candidates are going, you, there's just so much you can do with video. Um, so we really have a, that's that's the bulk of our work. We've also done animated videos, comic strips. It also depends on the culture of the company. So early in our career, we created really awesome comic books. Um, we worked with a um, very creative um, video game company, and we created this awesome comic book where every page was an illustrated story that showed a core value. Um, but when we show that to to like a uh, I don't want to, to generalize, but when I mostly showed that as an example to Fortune 500 companies, they were like, oh, no, no, too much, too far. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yep. <laughs> but I'd yeah. say that we do, I mean, we've done printed books. We really can do any medium and it depends so much on your culture, you know, who the client is and the channels that they're trying to build. I love the concept of cure, uh, core value books. I've seen a couple yeah. of those in my, in my career and, you know, great way to really explore 
uh, the words that typically just end up on a plaque somewhere, you know, oh, and definitely. like you said, stories bring them to life. So oh, I love that. that and concept. I, I really love it too, for internal engagement as well. So for example, the comic book that we created, the, it started as an onboarding guide. Um, what a great way to teach someone sure. about your culture and to show the behaviors that are successful <laughs> and rewarded. Um, but then it also became internal, like reinforcing the culture for current employees. They loved it. Like everyone wanted a copy. And so the whole com- the company bought them all company copy. And then like, think about that for recruiting. So there's stories around core values are so versatile too. And they have, they really are like, you know, hardworking <laughs> yeah. can be used for like lots of different consideration phase as well as awareness, as well as employees and candidates. Yeah. There's a lot you can do with that. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's no secret. We're kind of living through uh, interesting times right now where all of our organizations, our companies, our core values are being put to the test, right? Our resiliency, um, the things that we've said make up our businesses and make up our culture. Uh, it's all being put to the test. Um, I'll date this episode. So we're recording this in July of 2020. Um, so we're, we're a few months out from kind of uh, COVID quarantine or COVID lockdown. We're starting to see states in the United States start to reopen. Uh, some states starting to roll back being reopened, right? So for my own observations, um, many companies are in this sort of reactive mode uh, where we're just moving really, really fast, reacting to quick changes, many of which are outside of our control. And I think that that has drawn the attention of most teams away from really listening to what employees are saying, uh, listening to what candidates are saying. Um, People are just moving so fast. Like there's probably a lot that we're just not catching uh, in terms of what, 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 what are the stories that are actively being told right now? Um, So given that we're, we're all kind of in this mode of, of reactiveness is now a good time to focus on unearthing these stories uh, and they might be mixed, right? Or is it better to kind of weather the storm first uh, and make this a future initiative? Yeah, I think um, it depends a lot on the company, but but overall, yes, I think it is a great time to focus on capturing employee stories, mostly because the scrutiny of our companies today and how they treat employees has, in my opinion, been greatly amplified. And you know, I read this really great um, stat the other day, and I had to search for the source, and I figured it was an HR source. And the stat was something like eighty percent of consumers are making decisions on um, what to what to buy based on how a company treats their employees. I'm like, oh, where is this? It was People Magazine. I mean, People Magazine, which is like, you know, it's not an HR publication. It's like a general like surveying the population, and they're saying that that that, that they care about how. Uh, employees are being treated and even just how companies have been vilified or rewarded in the media from how they've, you know, treated employees. Airbnb is a good example of, you know, having to have this massively off, everyone can understand, but what they did for their employees as a result, uh, create a lot of goodwill and is basically, you know, enhancing their, their employer brand. So I think it's a great time because, um, everyone's looking for how you're treating your employees now. So the there's ears, like everyone's paying attention to that. I think the other reason it's a good time, um, especially for marketers, is employees have a ton of stories to tell right now. And we've all been through a traumatic time, um, times, you know, there's so many things that keep happening. And um, companies have really made an impact in their employees' lives by how they've cared for their people, like their physical safety, their emotional health, and their financial well-being. So they have a lot of... Um, 
pent up emotions. Even in our own team, where we're doing these exercises to for the virtual story sessions, we had one team member that was scheduled for half an hour, and she said, "Oh, I spoke. <laughs> I didn't know I had so much to say. I, yeah, you know, yeah. it was like two hours of talking about you know stories of just what's happened in the past. You know, it feels like years, even though it's been months. So anyway, in in short, candidates want to talk." You know, people want to hear from them and employer brand perceptions are forming as a result, you know, right now. So um, I think there's definitely an opportunity to use this content for the future. Like you were saying, some companies are having to focus on, you know, reorging, re, you know, uh, doing all kinds of things just in response. And they may not be focused on, you know, recruit marketing content, but it is something that they're going to have to answer to later anyway, when candidates ask, you know, what did you do? For what happened, what happened here, you know, during right, this traumatic yeah, time in yeah. our history, you're going to have to answer. So you might as well capture the right now energy and then the later uh, <laughs> using it later, sure. too. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that's a great opinion. And it's interesting. You know, you brought up the People magazine uh, quotes. We've talked to a couple of people now on the podcast and, and this it keeps coming up, you know, this idea that there's there's this fundamental difference between your employer brand and your actual brand, you know, there's not, you know, it's starting to just become your brand. Right. And, and I think that, uh, access to all different types of media and, you know, companies kind of having that light shined on them, you know, we're starting to see that, that blending of the two. There's something that's often quoted, which is the settlement, uh, trust barometer where people trust employees more than any other spokesperson. So that's the other thought is employees are more credible than, you know, sometimes the CEO even, um, where that's where people are getting their information. So, um, that's a good thought too. When you think about like your employer brand versus your brand, you know, people, people, no matter who they are, trust employee, employee, uh, stories more than anything else. So that's interesting. I, I do have one question because this keeps coming up too, as I'm kind of perusing different sites, are our old stories becoming irrelevant? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to uh, cringe right when I see photos of a bunch of people oh, yeah. together, you know, yeah. because I'm so, <laughs> I'm so uh, accustomed to kind of physical distancing now, you know? So if you have um, a, an employee story talking about how lively the in-office culture is, you know, and there's people kind of um, getting together, playing games, you know, really high camaraderie. Um, if if somebody sees that, you know, like, is that completely irrelevant these days? Uh, is it almost tone deaf? Yeah, I have a lot of opinions on that. That's a good question. Because the first is, um, you earn trust with candidates when you show the right now situation. And um, so I think on, on one hand, your content does have to be current. It does have to speak to what's happening now to to earn trust and also to start building um, relationships so that you're constantly putting out content so that people can people know that they can trust that your content is current. Um, on the other, a lot of the employer brand managers I've talked to from large companies have have really thought, you know, candidates understand. They understand what we're going through, <laughs> you know. So that that's I think that's that's a lot of what I'm I'm hearing. But I also think. Um, we were looking at um, old footage the other day that had been shot previously um, in a medical facility with people without masks. And it's just like, oh, no way. This is cancer are also searching for, you know, safety. Like, how are you, <laughs> how are you like caring for their safety? So you're sending the, even if it's old footage and they kind of, maybe they'll give you a pass, but it's also putting in their minds that you haven't thought through uh, what their life is going to be like and, and showing them that. So 
I know I'm with you where when I see, you know, for example, that old footage and I'm seeing like a nurse taking like blood from a patient and no one's wearing masks. I'm just like, ah, no, no. You know, like, ah. <laughs> so I, I think, I think it's, I think it's important to do it now um, and to, to make it reflective, especially there's an opportunity to show how you're making your environment safe. Um, so I, but on the same, you know, we, we get asked a lot about, you know, how long can your content be out there anyway? So there's this one thought of just what's happening because of um, COVID. And there's this other thought of if the story just no longer is relevant to your culture, then you should take it down. Because the whole thing about being transparent is, you know, not misleading people. So I think during um, a lot has happened where companies have done things that have either reinforced their culture or completely reinvented it. So if you're a completely reinvented company, you know, you should probably create new content to show what, what the new, what the new culture is like. Lauren, that's, it's interesting um, that it's, it's a healthy balance, right? And it certainly depends on your industry, but when we talk about, you know, getting this, this content and capturing these stories, um, you know, it, it often comes to almost soliciting, you know, em- employees, right? We don't mm-hmm. have uh, Christopher Nolan or Stanley Kubrick mm-hmm. sitting in on our Zoom calls, recording it and getting ready to chop it up to make this this masterpiece <laughs> of a story. Um, so when we think about, uh, you know, creating this and, and going after this content, it may seem like a, a tall task for some of our listeners. Yeah. Um, so how would you recommend that they get started you know, if Christopher Nolan is working on his next film and they don't have him readily available. <laughs> yeah, right. If no one's busy, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. it's up to you. <laughs> uh, so I'd say there's a few a few ways you can go about, um, you know, getting some of your employees to participate. And some of our companies have done things like have a nomination, um, like contests, like just nominate somebody that, you know, you think is doing a great job and you want them to tell their story. Um, others have relied on different um, site leaders to say, okay, who do you want more of, of your team? Um, let's, let's identify those people. So taking kind of like a manager or director approach um, to identify people. And I, I, you know, and generally you really do want to be um, thoughtful about who you're asking. So it's not just, you know, one of the, we've been able to get a great story from an employee every single time, no matter who they are, no matter where we were interviewing them virtually or on site or no matter what their job was. And I think um, it's, it's making sure you have a good balance of who's on your storyteller list. So it's not just one type of person. Um, And then once you have those people identified and willing to participate, it's treating them with a lot of care. Like this is something you want them to be able to share their real experience and feel comfortable with you. And that's something that we take really seriously. So um, for example, it's, it's a lot of this is from just uh, me being a recruiter and <laughs> caring about the full life cycle of the person. You know, you're the first call and you're the, you, you know, you're the um, person that extends the offer. So you control that process. So the person really gets to know you and feels comfortable with you. They're making, if they're making a major life decision, same thing. If they're going to tell you some really great stories, they have to feel comfortable with you, but also that you have their best interests. So we recommend treating the storyteller with a lot of care where you're prepping them just enough so they're comfortable, but not enough so that they're rehearsed. So giving one or two questions ahead, like we're just really after your experience here. We may ask you, 
you know, what happened on your favorite day of work? That's like a softball question. You know, that's like an easy, it, it, it requires some thought, but that's a good like example of framing a story. And then during the interview process, making sure they know, hey, look, similar to what you guys did with me, you guys are really good uh, <laughs> story <laughs> preppers <laughs> where you say, hey, you know what? Like if you need to take a beat, that's okay. You know, like that's so that's that's a lot of safety. That's creating a lot of safety for someone to really be able to talk. So you, so they're not really like even me just now, like you having told me that it's possible for me to take a break because this is, you know, a podcast we're recording. That makes me feel like I can just go and talk and I can tell you after, like, I didn't like how I didn't mean for that to sound the way it did. Therefore, I have comfort in like actually letting loose and being myself. Um, so I'd say that those are those are just some like quick tips for getting good stories and identifying storytellers. Um, you know, that, that's um, that's that's what I would say, like how you go about finding the people and cat and like uncovering the stories. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that, that stood out to me was you had mentioned kind of core values earlier. I know one thing we do at Phenom is is we have uh, a core value award where um, we nominate people on a weekly basis. Uh, and then, you know, if they have enough nominations, they potentially win that, you know, at the end of the quarter. So it's a great way to, you know, reach out to someone who's been recognized for their hard work. They're obviously devoted to the organization and they probably have a, a pretty unique story, right? We're all individuals um, yeah. in our own sense. So uh, that would be a great way to identify storytellers, people who've been recognized as like someone that embodies the culture or is, you know, successful because of the culture, not in spite of the culture, you know, like, like, <laughs> I think that's a great, that would be a great way for Phenom to identify storytellers as all those winners. But just make that part of the process. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, we will institute it after this call. I can show you that. Um, so obviously, we, we mentioned that, that COVID has been challenging in a number of instances, but it has to be challenging um, you know, when it comes to getting some of these recordings and getting some of these stories since we are all distance, right? We are right. socially distanced. So in, in this case, if you know someone doesn't have you know, high tech quality camera equipment or lighting or something like that. Um, does the quality of the, the video matter? And are there easy solutions there? Is there software that they should download? Or is there another avenue they should take? Yeah, so um, we take the, we generally, Stories Inc. does care about the visual quality. So we're, we're creating like these virtual kits where we're sending as simple as a ring light, a ring light, a webcam we like, and a, you know, a microphone just to make sure that we're that we are doing the best we can to again do the story justice and make the storyteller feel great about how they look and sound. I mean that's other that also would prevent you from telling a really great story. So for example, we turned the video off for this call because I didn't want to be staring <laughs> at myself. You know? So um so that's like that's that's an example of just making sure that um you're treating your storytellers with care. We care about like how you look. Um, but ultimately the truth is the substance of the story can stand on its own. Um, and there's things you can do if for some reason the quality, you try it and the quality is distracting, you could turn it into an anime video if you have the resources. If you don't, you can definitely turn it into a blog post, you know, a photo and a quote. There's lots of different ways you can do it. And it's not the worst thing in the world if you release a, a video that doesn't have great audio and video quality, as long as the story is good. Um, but I would say, I think you should try. I, I think that your employees are more likely to, sh the, the storyteller is more likely to share it. The, if, if they feel like it's like well-produced and, you know, 
candidates are less, if it's kind of a distraction, you know, we've seen that sometimes people don't watch the whole thing. Cause if it's like at the beginning, if the audio is weird, you know, you just move on. So I'd say that's a, that's a way I'm kind of like towing the line here because we do think it's important. I understand that it's not always possible at the very least get a really good story about your culture. I mean, that's like, that's, that's the ultimate thing to do. Awesome. Now you, you mentioned questions before and you mentioned a softball question. So I would be remiss um, (laughs) to ask what kind of questions prompt the best responses? Are they open-ended? Are you steering uh, your storyteller anyway? Kind of walk us through what the best response. Yeah. Usually we do, usually we do know who we're going to interview. So we know about like, we've checked out their background. We've talked to them on the phone a little bit. So we, and we do know what the company wants to get out of. Okay. So this is like a woman leader. We do want to get stories about what the company has done to mentor her and, and why she's, you know, why she's been able to grow her career at this company. So there is some of that where we know where we're going in the event that we, we always say like, we have a map, we know what we want to get, but at the same time, we have to leave things fairly organic because the best stories are very conversational when people are just riffing and being themselves and, you know, um, that's when they can, that's, that's like magical content too. Um, so I'd say some of the questions that we've used over the years, you know, favorite day of work. Um, and that does require some thought. So that's something I would send ahead. Like these are the types of questions we'd ask, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a favorite day of work, the moment you knew you made the right decision. I think that's also, that gets to like something happened. You want to ask questions that get to like a thing happened, not, oh, there's such great, work-life balance here, or I can really bring my whole self to work and there's nothing else. You know, you have to have like an example. Um, so I'd say we also like um, questions like, when did you know you made your best friend at work? Um, because that's also something likely that the company has done to bring people together in some way. Um, they were working on this project or whatever it is. That's like, that's a good a good um, question to just show the relationships among team members. Those are just, those are three. There's po- probably more <laughs> I'm fine to give away the secrets, but those are like the kind of those are like the ones that like always work, you know. No, I, I I'm sure, and there are certainly are a, a number, right? But I think the the point that you're trying to get to, and I could be incorrect here, but is showcasing the uniqueness not only of the organization but also of the individual, right? Yeah. You talked mm-hmm. about your background and how you know you had this tremendous background in HR. And then you said, Nope, I don't want to continue to do that anymore. I want to focus on amplifying these stories. Um, so even that aspect of, uh, we prompted you with, you know, like, what was your background, but you were able to give yeah. us, um, a, a real you know, meaty piece of information on, on how you got to where you are today. Yeah. And, then, and that's a great softball question too. tell us about your background. Cause that gets people just talking in general. I mean, you know, whether they put insert a story in there or not, at least they start thinking and talking. You know, that makes, that's a comfortable, it's, again, you guys are really good at this. <laughs> you might need to come on for store's sake. <laughs> come on over to our team. Um, <laughs> we'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that out um, and then uh, the, the last question that I have for you, Lauren, is you mentioned, uh, you know, if quality isn't good, uh, potentially a blog would be a, a great place to showcase this story. Um, but what are some other places that can really highlight these stories and really, you know, put them on the, the map for yep. in, prospective candidates? So anywhere, it's, you know, it's like a big blanket statement, I know, but anywhere cans are searching for information about you. You just need to be thoughtful about what the medium is. But, you know, Glassdoor, Indeed, 
um, they have they have places for you to put your content. Like they're ready for you. They like want you to put your content there. Um, <laughs> so that's what always gets me where I'm like, ah, oh, there's no video here. It could be, you know, especially because those are places, you know, like um, Glassdoor, for example, there's all these reviews, but they're giving you a, a, a place to um, curate your stories as employees are telling theirs, you know, organically. So I think Glassdoor is a, a great place to put video content. Um, you know, all your social channels, you know, just like everywhere, sure. in my opinion. Um, you're to start a start a careers blog or to get your marketing team to do a few on their corporate channels. I think that's a really good hack if you're a small team. To build a channel does take a lot of time and energy. It's not that it's not worth it, but one good way to start is by asking your marketing team to, to put a story or two, you know, once a week on their corporate channels. Because stories, employee stories do perform, often outperform regular marketing content. So then your, then your marketing team will be really excited about you contributing and help you, <laughs> help you build your channels too. If you're, if you're a small team, that's just like a quick hack. Um, so I'd say corporate channels too, not only the candidate facing ones, but corporate channels, uh, employee story content performs well. I think that actually it, it it goes really well with what you were talking about with Devin about types of questions because you mentioned to focus on like the moments, right? Like what was the moment when you made your best friend at work, right? Uh, or uh, you know what what is the moment when you realized this was a, a good fit for you? And those typically lend themselves well to those like thirty second sound bites, you know, or forty five second sound bites that you can put in in Instagram, you know, as as a quick as a quick snippet. Um, Definitely. And also, you know, to Devin's point about <laughs> saying what's you, what's unique about, you know, yeah. the company, you know, another question we like to ask is what's, what is something that's happened here that wouldn't happen anywhere else? You know, that also gets to like, what, how are you different from all the companies? And it, and it's, especially to people who have a more seasoned career, because they can definitely say this would never have happened at, you know, we yeah. never would have had a, a pieing contest at blah, blah, blah. I mean, pieing yeah. contest is like a simple thing, but you know what I mean? Like we never would have had this, like, you know, this type of policy there, this, you know, like, um, so I think, I think that that's a, that's also a really good question to ask. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And, you know, at Phenom, we're always talking about, you know, Phenom as a, as a platform, as a tool is all about helping you find the right fit faster. Um, and sometimes it's not, salary and benefits, you know, and all the HRE stuff, you know, sometimes it is, is discovering that individual moment, you know, in, in a, in a story, you know, so it, it might be the story about the pie eating contest, you know, yeah. or, um, you know, or remote working, you know, for the first time and how the team really came together, even though they were in the trenches, like it might be those experiences and hearing them from an actual employee, uh, that helps somebody discover and really feel connected to the purpose, the mission, the team, the core values, and then and then be able to say like, this is the right fit for me, uh, which is something you mentioned early on, right? It's either going to be the right fit or it's not going to be the right fit. Um, and a story can really help you go one way or the other. And if they go the other way and say, this isn't the right fit for me, that's a good thing, right? Because the, they'll find the right fit elsewhere. And, and so will you. And to your point, to your point earlier too, when you were talking about like, hey, it used to be that you get those stories later in the process. And, you know, that's a lot of um, wasted time. <laughs> you know, it used to be when I was a recruiter, I would know exactly, okay, this person has to be in the interview room because the candidate is going to really connect with them. 
you know, and that was final interview stuff. And imagine if you could have brought that to the masses, you know, to all of the people that would have connected with that story. So yeah, that's, that's a part of the process. It's, it's nice that it can be, you know, reverse engineered. So we're coming up on time. So I, I do want to start to wrap things up, but I, I have a final kind of question or topic to explore. Me personally, I'm always trying to think about, you know, on, on a personal level and then also on a professional level, you know, what, what do I look like one year, five year, 10 years from now? And then from an organizational level, like what does Phenom look like, you know, one year, five year, 10 years from now? And obviously our, our leadership team is thinking the same thing as well. Um, we can say whatever we want. We can put anything on paper. Like we have core values. Uh, we absolutely do our best to live them and we celebrate them and we celebrate employees who do live them. Um, but I've seen a lot of companies where the core values are just, like I said earlier, words on a plaque. You know, they don't really mean much. Um, also, you know, a lot of companies are are s- speaking out uh, in terms of diversity and inclusion. Uh, lately, it's been a huge topic and a lot of companies are reevaluating um, their their values around diversity and inclusion and then more specifically the practices they're putting in place. Um, it's interesting to see like what, organizations where it's just like hollow words and then other organizations where they're actually reflecting the truth and you can see the actions in place. But like, have you worked with organizations where they have a good idea of the future state? You know, they have a good idea of where they want to be and the stories that they want to be able to tell one, two, three years in the future, but they don't quite have those stories yet. Um, is there a, a way to kind of incorporate your your practice, your methodology um, to almost set yourself up to become the company that you want to become uh, through future stories, if that makes sense. It does. And I'd say that even the most advanced DNI teams that I've spoken to, it's all, it's still a work in, pro- in progress. So I think everyone has a lot of work to do on that front. And um, like how you're right, how do you tell the stories? You also need to be really realistic with candidates about where you are in that process. So the way that we've addressed it has been, um, to have the people who are doing the work be the storytellers and the, and the people who are setting the strategy also come in for a line or two. So hearing from company leadership, that's important, but then actually hearing from, um, and you know, an ERG leader, for example, we don't want to tax our ERG leaders with doing a lot of the work that we need to do because they're already have a lot going on. And, um, but at the same time, talking about the different policies that you're putting into place and the different trainings. So it's, it's talking about the things that you're doing now to achieve that, that future state. Um, and being really honest. Again, it's all about building trust with those candidates so that they, um, want to hear more from you. They have a good perception of you. If you're, if, if the culture's jiving, you know, if it's, if it's, if they think that you're an employer for them. So I'd say, you know, what you need to be careful about is, again, you always want to have a realistic picture. So you don't want to take the anomaly and make it seem like that is what happens every day. You know, kind of like, you know, the one time you had Taco Tuesday or the pie eating contest five years ago, you know, the one time you promoted someone, you know, a, uh, a person of color into a leadership role, like let's not make them the spokesperson for, you know, your talent mobility programs. If like, it's, if it's not, if it's not happening, it has to be. Um, so, so I think that's, that's the balance talking about the things you're doing now, the people who are doing that work, talking about it, as well as the leadership talking about how important it is, making sure that, that, that their statement is supported by action. And there's a lot of, you know, I, I really think it's, it's neat because there's a lot of companies who have put out their pledges 
of like, for example, Dell did a, you know, they're going to be 50, 50 women, men in leadership roles by a certain year. Um, and usually what follows there is, is increased recruitment to meet the goals that they've publicly stated. Um, so there's more of a need for content too, to show the people who are successful in the company, you know, for example, women leaders, we do need to show what the company's done for women leaders now, as well as acknowledging there's still work that needs to be done. And that's why we have this pledge. You know, does that make sense? That's, that's how I feel. It, it, it totally makes sense. And I think, you know, what, what I'm hearing is, is we're starting to see a shift from kind of reflective, retroactive storytelling to almost re- real-time storytelling. You know, there's been and, a real backlash. And, I mean, you may have seen it too. There's just been a real backlash of companies that like put out a, you know, a statement and there's no, you know, there's been a lot on like LinkedIn. I've seen yeah. in my feed. It's like, show me your board. This is so great. You feel this way. Show me your leaders. What are you yeah. doing about it? You know, so I, no one can get a, it's, it's not about getting away with anything, but especially now with this increased scrutiny of, you know, from COVID and also Black Lives Matter, like, you, sh- you gotta like support your statements with stories and with action. You know, this yeah. is what's happening and this is what we're going to do about it. You know? And I, I think, you know, just you discussing some of the tools that you're using, even just something as simple as a ring light and, and, a, and, and a decent camera, it's really easy to empower your teams to be able to tell these stories uh, these, these days. And then through, through social media uh, and all of the different channels that your company has access to, um, you can record, uh, produce, and execute and share these stories very quickly and almost in real time. So I, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast. I hate to say, I hate to use the word exciting when talking about kind of like this this mid post pandemic world we're living in because there's nothing exciting or or positive about a pandemic. You know, it's 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 tragic, really. Um, but it is an interesting opportunity for uh, HR teams, talent acquisition teams to really push the envelope in terms of how how resilient you can be and how quickly and agile you can be when really just getting getting in the trenches with your employees, with your candidates, uncovering these stories, and then sharing them as quickly as possible in, in almost real time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot... Of, it's interesting because there's a lot of... Um, skills that people have that they don't even know they have. Like again, your recruiters being able to know the stories that are going to resonate. That's huge. You know, knowing, <laughs> knowing what your candidates want. Also, um, you know, I, I think that there's just, there's just a lot of opportunity, especially knowing like what's happening now. Now you can weave stories together to tell a greater cultural story. I think that's a really interesting tool that people, I mean, it's a strategy that, that, that people can, can think through. Um, yeah, so I think that there's a lot of in terms of storytelling, people have more skills than they than they think they do, especially recruiting and HR teams. Lauren, this has been absolutely a pleasure. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation tremendously. Uh, I learned quite a bit from it. I hope our our listeners have as well. Uh, final question for me is: Where can people learn more about stories? Uh, and do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to to chime in and, and mention before we hop off? I think you guys are great. <laughs> I think you guys ran this interview in a very stories ink way. So I love it. It was a great experience. Um, so thank you for that and all your thoughtful questions. And um, yeah, and, and thanks for a great conversation today. People can learn more about stories Inc. but from our website, which is storiesincorporated.com. But because we, you know, our marketers too, 
Um, we have a ton of resources on all of our social channels, especially our LinkedIn corporate channel, but all of our social channels, we're constantly sharing useful, practical storytelling tips. So I'd say you can follow us there um, or reach out to me at Lauren with a Y, L-A-U-R-Y-N at storiesincorporated.com if we can help you with anything at all. And we can drop some of your best resources, uh, link to those in the oh, show cool. notes for this episode. Great. So we'll we'll talk offline afterwards and we'll make sure we have a couple of resources we can share for anyone who wants to hop on over to your site. Great, thank you. Well, there you have it. Uh, everything you need to know about stories from stories uh, <laughs> and everything in between. This was super fun. Thank you so much again, Lauren. Thank you, Tom. And thank uh, you. we'll have to catch up soon. 